Hello, this is For the Love of Film Podcast. I am your host, Scott David Chase. Um, on this episode, I talk about seeing the movies I Feel Pretty, Avengers Infinity War, and this is Spinal Tap. Um, yeah, I um, I actually saw Avengers Infinity War twice in, in a 24-hour period. Um, not necessarily a testament to how much I like the movie, although not necessarily not. I had bought tickets in advance earlier in the month because I wanted to make sure I could see it uh, when it opened uh, this past Friday. But then uh, uh, on my way home Thursday night, uh, I left. I had left work a little early because it was slow, and there was a showing in a theater that I was passing by on my way home and because I didn't use my movie pass to buy it the other tickets I was able to buy tickets to that so I saw it Thursday night and Friday morning uh, but more on that in a minute um, so the first film I'm going to talk about is I Feel Pretty um, which is an Amy Schumer starring vehicle um, I you know, I had seen previews for this maybe a month ago for the first time, and I'm I'm not a huge Amy Schumer fan. I liked some of her stand-up a couple of years ago, and then um, she gained popularity in the last few years, and a lot of her material and the Amy Schumer television show that she had, I was not a huge fan of, and then there was sort of a movement around her, which... Um, it's difficult to, for me to talk about it objectively without sounding like an asshole. So I'm not really going to speak much on that, but, um, a, a lot of the product projects that she did since then, train wreck being one of them, the Jet Apatow film, I was not a fan of. And, uh, so, you know, this looked a little bit different in the previews. Um, for those of you not familiar with it, the premise is, you know, she's, she's a, um, heavy set. And I hate that term too, because Amy Schumer is not really that heavy a woman. Um, but, uh, you know, she has, a, you know, she's, she's not a super thin, um, actress or anything, you know, and, uh, a lot has been made about her, her physical appearance, but in this film, she's someone who's not happy with her physical appearance and then gets hit on the head and then become like, thinks that she's miraculous to become pretty and ends up having a bunch of confidence. Um, so I went back and forth when I saw the preview, I was like, that could be funny. And then when I found out it was going to be PG 13, I was like, Oh, it's probably not going to be funny. Um, I enjoyed the first two thirds of the movie a great deal. Um, I thought, you know, depicting her, the the lead character's uh, insecurities about herself, um, were very realistic. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously I'm not a woman, but I am someone who has struggled with my weight my entire life and, you know, how that affects self-image, um, and how I've carried myself in different social situations so I could relate to that. And it, the problem that a lot of 
mainstream films, mainstream television shows have when dealing with issues of weight is, you know, it's often done for comic effect and the people that are usually getting mocked for it in, out in the world, in the real world are not even that big. Um, you know, a recurring joke on the show friends for years was that Monica, um, Courtney Cox, uh, character, uh, used to be heavy when she was young. And whenever they did flashbacks, they put her in a fat suit. The problem is, first of all, she didn't look like a human being. She looked like someone wearing a fat suit. And even if it was her, she wasn't that heavy. And, um, you know, obviously there, apparently I, I, I have, uh, I've had issues for a long time with, with, you know, jokes being made about that. Cause they're usually pretty mean spirited and, um, kind of reduces, uh, people to just kind of a punchline. I mean, that's part of why I'm not a, I was never a huge fan of Chris Farley's comedy. Uh, yes, he's a big guy, uh, and it, or was a big guy. And just that seemed to be what his comedy relied on. And it made me sad more than anything else. Um, you know, there are actors and actresses who are heavy set, who have done incredible work and not relied on that. Uh, John Candy comes to mind, uh, John Goodman, another one, and it was never, you know, I, yes, some of John Candy's stuff did make make humor out of the fact that he was a big guy, but it was never a one-dimensional thing. So I did think, I did find I Feel Pretty's handling of this to be kind of refreshing that it didn't rely solely on that. Um, the biggest issue that I had with the movie, because it kind of you know, it kind of dissolves into typical Hollywood cliches in the third act is that once she gets a taste of this life as confidence, she pushes her old friends aside. And that's when the movie kind of lost me. And it, it kind of wins you back towards the end. Um, so it was better than I expected, but not quite as good as the beginning of the movie led me to believe. Um, Little aside, you know, I had made a post online today, when you're listening to this, will be a few days ago, um, because most of the movie takes place in New York, but it actually was filmed entirely in Boston and the surrounding areas, and there's a scene where um, the two, the, the, the main character and her boyfriend are walking on what's supposed to be the boardwalk in Cody Island, but they're actually in Salisbury Beach. Massachusetts, which is a beach that is very familiar to me. And, you know, it, it, it took me out of the film, but that's fine. So, but I took a picture, uh, today of me in a spot where they filmed a bunch of it, uh, most famously because Christie's pizzas and Tripoli pizza, which are two competing, uh, pizza places are in the background. So I, I, I took a little selfie there today and, uh, posted it. So, you know, um, Probably, you know, I, my guess is this will be the only Amy Schumer movie I see this year. Um, she actually was fine in it. She gave a well-grounded performance. Um, and it was better than I expected it to be. And uh, it was Rory Scoville, was, who's a stand-up comedian who I've never seen act in anything else. Uh, he was solid in this as well. I would give it a six. Um, 
It was funny. It 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 was sweeter than I expected it to be. But uh, yeah, so that was I feel pretty. And then I was at the Luna Theater in Lowell, Massachusetts last weekend, uh, and the Luna Theater's quickly becoming uh, one of my favorite theaters in the area. Um, I just left my second screening of the day from there uh, today, but uh, I saw this is Spinal Tap, Rob Reiner's uh, classic film uh, mockumentary with uh, uh, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer. Um, uh, it's it's an old favorite, you know. It's it's one of the funniest films I've ever seen. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's basically an institution at this point. Uh, it's one of the few films that I own multiple copies on DVD because it was released as both part of the Criterion Collection. And if you're not familiar with that, check out the Criterion Collection. Um, I, it's too much to kind of go into what that is here, but uh, there's a Criterion Collection DVD. And then there was also a special edition that the studio release that and they both have separate commentaries one is with the cast and rob reiner as themselves and one is the three gentlemen of spinal tap doing an entire commentary in character as a uh you know um was it uh, nigel tufnell uh derek smalls and david st hubbins so um as I was much too young to see an R-rated film in the theater in the original one, I never saw it. And while I'm sure it's played at, you know, midnight screenings and movie houses uh, all over the world, this was my first chance to actually get to see This is Spinal Tap in the theater, and it was fantastic. I mean, it's not a film that necessarily needs to be seen on the big screen. It's, you know, it's it's a... It's done in documentary style. It it isn't a documentary for the record. It's Spinal Tap is not a real band. Um, although after this film was made, they kind of became one and have released a couple albums since this came out. But um, it was a lot of fun to see it with an audience. And, you know, it's a movie that I'm very familiar with. I've probably seen it a dozen times. And, you know, it's an old favorite. Uh, if you haven't seen this is Spinal Tap, you're, if you're a fan of music, if you're a fan of comedies, it's an absolute must-see. Uh, it, it, I would give this is Spinal Tap a 10 out of 10. It's it's an incredibly quotable film. It's part of the pop, you know, the pop culture lexicon now, and uh, yeah, it, it holds up incredibly well. Um, so it was really cool to see it on screen at the Luna. Um, and then the last thing uh, is uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give any spoilers away. I did see it twice in 24 hours. It was... It's incredibly exciting. It is fairly heartbreaking. And it's also... And I've said this to a few people who've asked me what I thought of it. Not since Back to the Future 2... Has there a movie that's ended so abruptly and had me anxious and frustrated that I have to wait, you know, a length of time, uh, in this case, a little over a year to see the sort of conclusion because it really does end so abruptly and leaves you scratching your head and saying, okay, now what? Um, 
and I'll leave it at that. Um, it is much darker in tone than all of the other Marvel Cinematic movies, and where most of the Marvel Cinematic movies, you can kind of pick and choose based on the characters, which ones you want to see and which ones you don't. This is the first one that really, I think, to enjoy it, you have to have seen the bulk of the other films. Um, it jumps to connecting points in almost all of the other films. It ties up storylines that have been going on for 10 years. There's, you know, characters that uh, come back. Or there, yeah, there's a few characters that come back from previous films that you haven't seen in years. Um, you know, it features other than uh, Hawkeye and Ant Man, pretty much every Marvel superhero from the from the Marvel Cinematic Universe shows up at, at some point. Um, oddly enough, it felt less like an Avengers movie to me than Captain America: Civil War, mainly because. There's no real point where the entire team is fighting together. It's pockets of groups of three or four here and there doing different things throughout the film. Not to say that was bad by any means, but it didn't have a cohesive feel to it. Um, probably of all those team-ups, my favorite one was Thor with Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Um, their chemistry was great and would love to see more of that. Uh, I really enjoyed the the further development of the relationship between Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, and Vision. And, uh, you know, it just got a lot of more character development. Um, I enjoyed Doctor Strange in this more than I enjoyed him in his standalone film. He had a good sort of bristling rapport with Tony Stark in this and, you know, um, having Spider-Man kind of back and forth between them was great. A um, couple of the characters that I like were underused, but when you have a cast this big, I mean, I believe that there's 19 names uh, <coughs> in the cast. Uh, a lot of actors vying for screen time. And even if it, even though it is two and a half hours, feel most of the people in it, you know, got limited screen time, but there's no real way around it. Um, you know, uh, it's exciting. It's, you know, there's a couple parts that are devastating and I really need to, you know, I, I don't really know how I'm going to feel about the events of this film until the next Avengers movie has concluded. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, the, there's only two more Marvel movies this year before uh, next year's untitled fourth Avengers film comes out, and which is Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I believe timeline-wise takes place a few days before the events of this film. And as I mentioned, Ant-Man is not in it. Uh, no, neither is the Wasp, but I don't consider her a major character uh, or up until this point. Um, so... I don't know if it's going to give us any clues as to the events that took place in Infinity War and then uh, Captain Marvel, which takes place in the 1990s. So it takes place a couple decades before um, these events. So I gotta say, um, oddly enough, 
probably the best performance, the most well-rounded performance in it was Josh Brolin as Thanos, who is, you know, the villain in the film, but um, is probably the most well-rounded uh, antagonist that's been in one of the Marvel movies so far. And uh, you really believe that he believes what he's doing is what he needs to do. And, you know, it's also one of the most realistic completely computer-generated characters I've seen on screen um, ever, certainly since uh, Gollum from the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. And, um, you know, they did a great job of capturing Josh Brolin's facial expressions, and it was really great. Um, you know, I really like Paul. Paul Bettany did a great job as, I mean, he's a great actor, but uh, really... A standout performance as Vision in this as well. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and you know I might even go see it a third time, which I don't normally see the Marvel movies more than once, and I've already seen this twice. I think of all the Marvel movies, the only one I've seen theatrically more than once was the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Um, but uh, because the Guardians of the Galaxy are in this, maybe that's why I saw this more than once. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. So I would give the Avengers Age of Ultron, not Age of Ultron, sorry, Infinity War. Age of Ultron was the last Avengers movie. I would give Infinity War a good solid 8 out of 10. Um, highly entertaining. I've had a couple people who have kids ask me about it, and, I, you know, the the noon showing I saw of it yesterday, there was a lot of kids there and legitimately there was four or five children crying at the end of the movie because of the events that had happened. They were, you know, very upset and had a lot of questions. So if you're a parent, if you're wondering about that, it is a PG 13 movie and it's a very intense PG 13 movie. And if you do bring young kids there's going to be some questions and there's certainly going to be some questions that you're not going to have the answers for right now. So just be prepared for that. So those are the movies that I saw this week. Um, got a bonus episode up, got a couple more coming up. I'm doing this uh, food and flicks thing with my friend Bob, where we go see a movie and then go have a burger near where we saw that. We just recorded one of those today and I'm doing uh, uh a little Star Wars specific one with my friend Nick as well. So that should be up. The first one of those should be up by the time you hear this as well. And then uh, I'm already one movie into next week's uh, uh, podcast episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for listening.